we're about to get into the Word of God. Uh, I, I want to echo what uh, Sister Kate said about uh, the men's breakfast next week, 8 a.m. First of all, we've moved men's Bible study for, for, for the last two years. It's been 7 to 8 on uh, uh, Saturday mornings. And because that's, uh, you know, sometimes that's the only morning men have to sleep in uh, if you have Saturday off. And so, so we pushed it. It's going to be from 8 to 9. Most of the time it will be at uh, Nehemiah Coffee Company. Uh, this weekend we'll do it at, at my house, uh, but it'll be a big fellowship to kick off our, our Bible study season. And uh, I'll, I'll treat you good. We'll, we'll have a ton of, you know, pancakes, eggs, sausage, bacon, all that good stuff, uh, hash browns. Uh, so men, even if you say, hey, well, I, I, I I've never really come to the Bible study before, I'd feel bad. Just No, just show it. Look, you need fellowship, men. We need each other. And uh, so even, even if uh, you're not sure if you can make the weekly Bible studies, come out. Come out to the, to the breakfast. And uh, let's eat and, and love on each other a little bit and fellowship and uh, gain a few pounds. How's that? And then you can, you can uh, work it off during the week. Amen. All right. We're going to talk today about 40 things God says about you. But we're dividing it up this week and next week, right? We'll do 20 this week. And that's a lot. But we're going to go quick. Uh, and then next week, we'll do the last 20. Uh, but just as a recap, we've been talking about our Say What series. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, say what? Say what? It's really, really important what you say. What are you speaking over your life? What are you speaking over yourself? We have learned uh, that God himself spoke this entire universe into existence. Hebrews 11 tells us that. Psalms uh, 151, I believe, tells us that, that he spoke and the earth stood sure. He spoke at the command of his word. He created the worlds, the Bible says. So God, with his words, create, and we are to be imitators of God. He has given us the ability to create with our words. One of the fastest ways to get a thought into this realm is through your mouth. So we create with our words. Uh, we also learn that uh, we need to be careful what we confess. The word confess means to say what someone else says. So if you conf- it doesn't mean just to admit to something. It just means you're, you're saying what someone else says. So if you confess something, we're constantly confessing something over our life, whether it's negativity others have spoken to us or whether it's the word of God. But, but whatever we confess will wind up being created or manifested in our life. So what are you confessing? So we talked about the importance of confessing the word of God over your life. Uh, Last week, we talked about how our words deal with not just the seen, but also the unseen. Faith is if you're speaking faith words or, or words that align with the word of God, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen or unseen. And so we learned that the, the seen is temporary, the unseen is eternal. So your words actually start impacting that which is eternal or spiritual. And every situation in your life, every issue in your life, ultimately has a spiritual root. It's just the, the temporal things that you see are the, the fruit or the manifestation of a much deeper spiritual root. And when you begin to speak, it starts impacting. You say, well, I've been speaking all week. 
trying to speak the word of God over myself. I hadn't seen a change. Trust me, it is impacting some things at the root level. And we learned that when Jesus cursed the fig tree, that the next day it said that it was dried up from the roots up. Normally a tree is going to die. The, the branches are going to look sick and it's going to start withering away until eventually the roots, the, the, typically the roots are the last thing to go because it's at least got some nourishment and water in the soil. But Jesus cursed it. It impacted the roots. So in other words, it impacted first the things that you couldn't even see. It was up under the ground. And we learned that he spoke to things, didn't he? He spoke to trees. He didn't ask, Father, would you please curse the street? No, he, he did it. He spoke to it. Uh, when he healed Peter's mother-in-law, it didn't say that he prayed for it. It said that he spoke to the fever, and the fever left her. He rebuked the fever. He spoke to the winds and the wave. He didn't step out on the boat and say, Father, if it be your will, would you please calm the sea? No, he, he got out and he spoke to it. And if we are imitators of Christ, if we are dead to ourselves but alive in Christ, I am crucified with Christ, yet I live. It's not me, but it's Christ within me, Paul said. So if I am a walking representative of Christ Jesus, then I too can have that authority to speak to things in my life and they will start being impacted at the root, the unseen level. So keep, keep speaking. Keep speaking the word over yourself. So what I want to give you today and next week are very practical things. If you say, well, what, do, what, do I, what should I speak over myself? Well, number one, you need to stop speaking doubt, negativity, uh, worry, depression, defeat, all that stuff. Just stop. Stop speaking it over yourself. And start speaking. I'm going to give you a list. We're going to talk about it. These are things I literally, I, I literally speak over myself every morning. And I believe they're true. Why? Because I'm something special? No, because God said this about me. And God said it about you. It's all rooted in him. So uh, before we do that, remember, this is our key verse, James chapter 3, verse 2. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would, have, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. God said going into this year, he was going to perfect a church. Well, one of the first ways he wants to perfect you is if he can get a hold of your tongue. If he can teach you to control your tongue, you can, con you can control your whole life. He can perfect you in your entire life. That's pretty powerful. That your whole life can be steered by this one thing right in here. So, let's start talking about some perfect words, okay? You ready? 40 things God says about me. So if you're taking notes, take them. If you need to take snapshots of the slides, do so. I'll have all 20 listed out at the end. And you'll have to forgive me. I think there's a scripture that I got a little faux pas on, on the uh, location of. It was a late night last night, right? Uh, man, them women wore me out. Them women wore me out. 40 things God says about me. Number one. Now, if you notice, a lot of times I will capitalize I am. Because that is... That's the name that God gave himself in the Old Testament. Men had always come up with names for God. But if you remember Moses at the burning bush, that's the first time anyone ever asked God what his name. Well, actually, uh, Jacob, when he was wrestling with God, he said, wait, what's your name? And he said, why do you want to know who, why, why do you want to know my name? And then God, God never said what his name was. He actually changed Jacob's name to Israel. Remember? 
and he dislocated his hip. He walked with a limp. Woo! Well, that will preach. You can't encounter God. If you have a real encounter with God, it's going to change the way you walk. You can't even be the same. Well, I'm getting off subject. That's a good, that's a good sermon right there. File that away for me, Ryan. Remind me of that. I've got to preach that later at some, at some point. So the word I am, uh, anytime you say I am, do you realize you're using the name that God gave himself? In Hebrew, it would be, uh, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's echye aser echye. And we translate it, I am that I am. It's literally translated the, the state of being or the being that is the being. Not like, what is this bizarre being in front of me? No, but the state of being, existence, the existence that is the existence. How do you put a name on it? Look out all around. We exist in him. I, he, so that was his name. I am that I, and he said that this name will be a memorial to you and to all generations after. So, so if you, you know, your old Sunday school teacher used to say, don't you use the name of the Lord in vain. And she would sit there and point. I remember Hazel Gay, she'd point at me. I know you've probably been using the name of the Lord in vain, haven't you? You don't need to be saying God with any swear word. Well, the name of God is not God. That's actually a label we gave him. Do you realize when you, when you say I am, you're using the name that God gave himself. And it's a creative name. So if you say I am a failure, you're, you're creating something in vain. He didn't create you to be a failure. Don't use the name of God falsely. So you'll see, I, I'll capitalize I am just because these are creative phrases, right? So number one, I am a child of God. He is my God. He's not just a God. He is my God. He is my father. Romans chapter eight, verse 16, the spirit himself testifies and confirms together that with our spirit, assuring us that we believers are children of God. Everyone say it. I am a child of God. All right, you got it in your head. Here, here we go. Number two. I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Psalm 107.2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. The, the word redeem means to gain or regain possession of something in exchange. So, uh, or, or it can even mean something in exchange for payment. So not only does he possess you, but he went and bought you back again just to prove that you belong to him. That's how much he loves you, right? Number three, I am forgiven. Colossians 1, 13 through 14. For he has rescued us and has drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son and whom we have redemption because of a sacrifice resulting in the forgiveness of our sins and the cancellation of the sins penalty. I love that. So I am forgiven. Number four, I am saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2.8, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's a free Gift, it cost him everything, but it's free to you. Grace, what does grace mean? It means unearned or unmerited favor. 
God has favor on you. And you didn't do a thing. Oh, if he's got favor, I better start showing up to church. Or I better start praying. I better start. No, there ain't a thing you can do. That's, that's the point. And you acquire that favor through trusting them. Believe them. Faith. So you are saved by grace through faith, right? Number five. Everyone still with me? I am justified by faith. Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified, that is acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God, by faith, let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God. Aren't you wonderful? God ain't mad at you. I don't want to make God mad. He's not mad at you. He ain't never been happier. Trust me. And the joy of reconciliation with him through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Justified actually means declared or made righteous in the sight of God. So I have been declared right in God's sight. Isn't that awesome? So I am justified by faith. This is a good church word here. I, I am sanctified. 1 Corinthians 6, 11. And such were some of you before you believed, but you were washed by the atoning sacrifice of Christ. You were sanctified, set apart for God, and made holy you were justified, that means declared free of guilt, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God, the source of the believer's new life and changed behavior. The word sanctify means to set apart for a holy purpose. It also means free from sin. So God has set you apart, you know, you remember those of you guys when you were growing up and you collected like baseball cards and football cards? You had those that, you know, we'd tape so that they could like flap in the bicycle spokes. You remember that? Anyone ever do that? Oh, yeah. Man, that sounded cool. In our mind, there's, whoo, that sounds like a motorcycle. Growing up, you really sounds like a really sick motorcycle, but still. Man, we'd sit there and do that. Well, you just didn't do that with any card. It was just the throwaway cards. But then you had those that were really important to you. You set those aside because you had a different purpose for those. That's how God sees us. He's not throwing you. Man, all of us have been set aside. Man, we're, our, we're his precious collection. He's set us aside. He has sanctified us. Number seven. I am a new creature. Man, I love this one. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined into him by faith and uh, in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. So whatever you tell yourself, say, oh, I got this temper. You know, I got it from mom. I got it from my mom. No, that's the old you. You've been born again. You are a new creature. You have different habits, right? Our dog, Ranger, he's, he, he will get in the trash if you don't watch him. Well, you can't get upset at him. Why? Because he's a dog, that's what they do. He's like, hey, man, what y'all throw away? This is good stuff, right? He, he does certain things. He, you know, he's a beautiful golden or a beautiful uh, German shepherd, uh, but he winds up shedding, right? We can't get mad at him for shedding. He's a dog. That's what they do. 
But if all of a sudden somehow he was a new creature, if we woke up one morning and he's a human being, he better not dig in my trash. You know? And he better clean that hair up if he's got hair everywhere, right? In other words, why? Because he's something brand new. You have been created into something brand new. So you don't have to have your old habits, your old attitudes, your old mindsets, right? Number eight, I am a sharer. Some, some translations will say partaker in his divine nature. You don't have your old nature anymore. You got his, uh, his nature. Second Peter 1 and 4. For by these he has bestowed on us his precious and magnificent promises of inexpressible value, so that by them you may escape from the immoral freedom that is in the world because of his uh, disreputable desire and become sharers of the divine nature. So whatever incredible nature God has and Christ has, you get to share and be part of it. You get to take it on. So, uh, by the way, going back to this one, it's actually uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 5, 17. Uh, I do list it correctly later. And uh, thank you, Aaron, for kind of catching that one, uh, the discrepancy there. So that is uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Number nine, everyone ready? Let's read it out loud. I am redeemed, which means to be bought out, right? I am redeemed from the curse of the law. The law of Moses, as powerful as it was, all it really did is let you know how, how much you can't get to God because he's too holy, right? But we have been redeemed. We've been purchased away from that. Galatians 3.13, Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs crucified on a tree or on a cross. So you have been purchased, bought back from that law. You now live in freedom. Number 10, I am delivered from the power of darkness. Whatever dark heaviness you've had to deal with in your life, you are delivered from it. You, it has no power over you. Colossians 1.13, for he has rescued us and has drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. All right, look at that. We're halfway through already. How are we doing? Y'all still with me? Y'all need, y'all need more coffee? Come on. I am led by the spirit of God. Galatians 5.18. But if you are guided and led by the spirit, you are not subject to the law. Talking about the law of Moses, not talking about Tarrant County law, right? It doesn't mean that, you know, you're not walking with the Holy Spirit. And so therefore you can speed if you want to speed and not get a ticket, right? Uh, that'd be cool, but it doesn't work that way. But all the condemnation, all the negativity, all the separation between you and God, you're not subject to that because you are led by the Spirit of God. And that's why the Holy Spirit is given to you, to be a paraclete, one who comes alongside and leads and guides you into all truth. Number 12, I like this one. I am children of God. I have a family. I'm not an only child. Family is really, really important to me. I don't have a whole lot of family left in the, in the natural, in my nuclear family that I grew up with. It's my sister and I. We're, we're kind of the last of the Mohicans. And, so, and, and family is important to me. And so the fact that I can look across and know you guys are family. I got to spend a whole weekend with a whole slew of sisters. So they, they made me cook, but it's still, you know, that's what sisters do, right? So I am children of God. I have a family. Galatians 3, 26. For you who are born again have been 
reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, and are all children of God, set apart for his purpose with full rights and privileges through faith in Christ Jesus. So look around the room. You're not alone today. This is your family. Learn to love each other. You don't always have to like each other. You can love each other. Paul Thorne's got that song, I don't like half the folks I love. Y'all know this. You know what I'm talking about. You'll cry at their funeral. You just won't go on vacation with them. (laughs) Number 13, I am kept in safety. Psalm 91.1, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will remain secure and rest in the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no enemy can withstand. You're safe today. You're safe today. Say, man, what if I get in a car wreck and get killed? Well, if anything like that happens, it must be part of God's plan for you. And that, believe it or not, as tragic as it would be on this side, and as much as we would hurt and think it's terrifying and, oh, that's horrible, you'd be like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Because <laughs> you'd be in the presence of God. You'd say, it's all good, people, right? Uh, number 14. Oh, I love this. All my needs are met by Jesus. Why do we stress out as believers? Because if we are believers, we can believe his promise. And one of his many, many promises, 7,000, over 7,000 promises in the word of God. One is, all my needs are met by Jesus. That means I have no needs. I will always have everything I need. Doesn't, Doesn't mean I, you know, I need the house that we live in. Doesn't mean I need the cars that we drive, but I will always have a, house, a roof over my head. I will always have a way to get around somewhere. Why? Those are needs. And whatever way he chooses to meet my need, I'm okay with. I trust him. Amen. Philippians 4.19, and my God will liberally supply, that means fill until full, your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Number 15, I can cast, I love this, I can cast all my cares on Jesus. What what cares do you have today? Throw them. That word cast means to throw, to hurl with force. Doesn't mean just sweetly lay, you know. If you pick something up and you realize it's horrible and disgusting and toxic, what are you going to do? Ah, right? That's what it's, that's the language it's insinuating. You have worries, concerns, cares, throw them, get rid of them, right? Let them go. Christ will take it. First Peter 5, 6 through 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor for his service at the appropriate time, casting all your cares. I love how the Amplified says this. All your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all. That's the problem. We'll hand them over to Christ, and then the next morning we take them right back. Here, let me get that off your hands, Jesus. I'll take it back. Once and for all, just let it go. Let it go. I'm so worried about my loved one. Do, Do you care for that person? Yeah? Hand it over to them. Christ. All your cares, whether it's negative or someone positive that you love, right? 
once and for all on him for he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Christ cares for you that much, cares for you that he says, I don't want you to carry that. Just give it to me. I'll take care of it for you. I'll handle it for you. Hand it over to me and you just live your life. 16. Oh, was that the same one? What did I do? All right, we'll come back. It was a late night, guys. I'm telling you, late night. 17, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We'll figure out what's going on on my list coming up. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So whatever challenges you are facing, whether it's on the job, whether it's in your family, if you're like, man, I don't know if I could, I don't know how much more I can take. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen. Oh, here we go. Number 16. If you're taking notes, number 16 is going to be this. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians 6.10. All right. So 17, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I love that. Christ has got all sufficiency, so therefore he lets me be self-sufficient. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with the inner strength and confident peace. Number 18, I am an heir. I am an heir of God and joint heir with Jesus. Romans 8, 17, and if we are his children, then we are his heirs. Also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ sharing his spiritual blessing and inheritance, if indeed we share in his suffering so that we may also share in his glory. An heir is a person legally entitled to the property or rank of another on that person's death. A person inheriting and continuing the legacy of a predecessor. Isn't that awesome? You have all attain the legal right to acquire all that Christ has and to continue his legacy. That's pretty powerful. I love it. So I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. 19, I am an heir to the blessings of Abraham. I am an heir to the blessings of Abraham. Galatians 3.14, in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might also come to the Gentiles so that we would all receive the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. There's a very powerful contract God made with Abraham, and we've been grafted in. Uh, You can go to Genesis 12, Genesis 15, and I believe Genesis 17, and see the conditions of that, that covenant, that contract. He said, look, I will, if you will trust me, I will provide for you. I will make you a great nation. I will, uh, uh, I will defend you. I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. It, it's a pretty, he said, I am El Shaddai. I am the God of more than enough. That was part of the covenant. 20, look at that, we did it. I am an observer and doer of the Lord's commands. Deuteronomy 28, 12 through 13, the Lord will open for you Ooh, I love this promise that he gave to the children, the, to the people of Abraham, and we're grafted right into this. The Lord will open for you his good treasure house, the heavens to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand 
and you will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. Whew, wouldn't that be an incredible way to walk? I'm, I'm believing with all faith. I'm believing with all faith. That's why I believe, I've, I've spoke it out before. I'm going to speak it out right now too. When the time comes that God is ready for us to attain our own building, I believe he will provide because I don't believe he wants us paying a bank because we pay a lot of finances into the kingdom and into mission work and into outreach. And, and there's no reason for us to have to eliminate all that. And so I'm believing that the Lord, whether it's financially or if somebody just decides to get full of the Holy Spirit and say, hey, y'all have this building. I don't need it anymore. It can happen. We've seen it happen. We've seen it happen with Mission Arlington. You know, somebody said, hey, you know, our, our church is, uh, the membership has grown, grown very old and we're kind of dwindling down, but we don't want this to stop. Here's our church. Do something with it. It's a thriving, wonderful church right now. Uh, so, hey, the Lord, the Lord's no respecter of person. I'm believing with all my heart that, that we will be blessed enough to lend and not borrow. Amen? 13, the Lord will make you the head, the leader, and not the tail, the follower, and you will be above only, and you will not be beneath. If you listen and pay attention to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today, to observe them carefully. So I choose to be, I am an observer and doer of the Lord's commands because I want to walk in these blessings and promises. So that's at least a start. That's 20 this week. Now I, I speak these over myself. I got them, I got them written down on a, on a Google Doc. Matter of fact, I will make a, a, a Word document available uh, as well, but y'all can take a picture of these if you want. Uh, jot them down. Every day, there are 40 things I will speak over myself. You remember when we had to quarantine for COVID? This is what Dave did. The Lord gave me 40 things to speak over to myself because, man, I'd come through a season of my life that horrible things had been said and done. And, and uh, the Lord was putting me back together. He said, no, you're going to speak what I, you're going to forget what people are saying. You're going to speak what I speak over you. And these were the list. This is the list. And to this day, I, I get up. And, and do uh, a time of gratitude. That's how I start my prayer time out. I'll do a time of gratitude. I'll make a list of 10 things I'm thankful and grateful for that day. Every year I start over. So today was 200, 290 things already this year that the Lord's done for me that I'm grateful for. How can I fuss? How can I moan? Right? Except to give all you women a hard time for making me cook. That's right. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if y'all heard my wife. She said that was a privilege. So <laughs> See, I don't get in. I, she doesn't cut me any slack. She has comebacks for everything I say. Uh, 40 things God says about me. Here we go. We're going to read them out together. Y'all ready? Number one, I am a child of God. I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I am forgiven. I am saved by grace through faith. I am justified by faith. I am sanctified. I am a new creature. I am a sharer in his divine nature. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. I am delivered from the power of darkness. I am led by the spirit of God. I am children of God. I have a family. I am kept in safety. All my needs are met by Jesus I can cast all my cares on Jesus. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am an heir of God and joint heir with Jesus. I am an heir to the blessings of Abraham. I am an observer and doer of the Lord's commands. Say, oh, why why are you going to speak all this stuff? Does it make a difference? Yeah, it makes a difference. Because if I speak what God has said over me, 40 things, this is 20 of them. This will get you started this week. But first thing in the morning, the first thing that I say about me is what God has to say about me. 40 things, you know? And so if an hour later I get a text or a phone call and someone's frustrated or someone's irritated or something, you know, that, you know when you work in a ministry, it just happens, right? Hurt people hurt people sometimes, right? It's just kind of human nature. So, so if somebody happens to bite me, well, I don't have to get defeated or down or depressed or discouraged. Why? Because they may have said one thing that they're frustrated with me about, but man, God has said 40 things that morning about me already. Woo. If the Lord be for me, who can be against me? Amen. Amen. So there you go. You, that's your homework this week. Start speaking these 20 things over yourself. We'll go over the next 20 next week. And we'll wrap up. Uh, we, we've talked about our tongue and our mouth enough to start this year. If we can start putting into practice what we've preached about the last, it'll, it'll be five weeks total. Uh, we're going to have a good year. Amen. Let's all stand together real quick. We're going to sing together as a family one more time. Uh, y'all like that new song Ryan led us in? It's called the throne room song. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just praise him for a moment as we set up for this next song?